but how she lives and the way that she influences him and spurs him on towards um, good works and maturity. And even specifically in a case where the man in question is not a believing man, right? He's actually failing in his responsibility to lead and be spiritually mature. And yet, the woman's responsibility is not to, okay, you're not doing your job, so move out of the way. I'll start leading, right? It is to still stay in submission to him and to aid in influencing him with her behavior to a place where he is spiritually mature. And what Peter says is that that actually will win him on some cases to salvation just by the way that you live. Obviously, we understand from the broader part of Scripture that he has to hear the gospel, right? He has to respond to the gospel, specifically the spoken gospel or the written gospel. But, but, but this it speaks powerfully to a wife's responsibility to her husband that her diligence should be in her responsibilities that are given to her. And the responsibilities that she has is her personal holiness and her insistence on his leadership. Her personal holiness and her insistence on his leadership. Peter then goes on to talk about you know the, the um, quiet and gentle spirit. And then at the end, as Bill read there, he's, she needs to be in subjection to her own husband or as the New American Standard says, being submissive. Here's the definition of submissiveness for you. It's a mode of relating to men in which the woman affirms and nurtures and facilitates man's leadership, listen to this, by refusing to usurp it. Okay, now, you, you might be thinking right now, I have all sorts of, uh, of cases where these men are failing in their leadership and I would make a better leader. And that may be true. But from God's perspective, it's not godly. Okay, He has set up a specific uh, order within the creation between a man and a woman and for the woman to usurp her authority and take over the leadership, particularly here within the marriage relationship, is a defiance against God. Okay, so... Part of the woman's responsibility is doing something that sounds very simple, and that is simply not to usurp his authority. It sounds very simple. Just it's almost uh, it, it almost seems kind of passive. It's not. It takes a great amount of uh, effort and energy to do that. But but this is what women are called to do: to be a helper. And this will spur men on. Okay, women or, or wives, this will spur your husband on to greater spirituality. Okay, this will spur an unbelieving husband potentially to the place of being saved. In fact, the passage talks about winning over her husband without words. Okay, it's not that she never says anything. Okay, you have to be completely silent within my house. You're not allowed to give me any suggestions. You're not allowed to talk to me about the gospel. That's not the idea. No, she takes time to admonish him and to encourage him to do what is right. But the main way that she influences him, listen to this, is not with her words. The main way that a woman influences a man is through her actions. 
So instead of nagging or calling him out in front of other people, instead she has an attitude that acknowledges and affirms his leadership and, um, and, and, uh, and recognizing that that's where God has placed her. Now, why would women do that? Why would any woman ever do that? Look at verse 5 again. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in uh, God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Women are able to embody this aspect of femininity, this building block of submissiveness, because who are they ultimately putting their hope in? Their depraved husband? Okay, their less than special husband? No, who are they putting their hope in? They're putting their hope in God. Okay, so here's what you say, women, when you live in submission to your husband and to the other men who have leadership over you. You are saying, I put my hope in you, God. I trust you that you've put this structure in place for a purpose. I don't understand it. I would do it differently if I were you, but I'm hoping in you. And when that gets out of place, what it says, ladies, is that you're more concerned about your yourself and your position than you are about God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. We'll... Uh, not be able to hit all these passages, unfortunately, today. I'll pick these up next week. But Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, be subject or be in submission to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Okay? You may not like this, but but here's where you ought to derive your motivation, ladies. Look at verse 22 again at the end of the verse. As to whom? The Lord. Okay? So, when when it takes all that you have that, that is in you to get under the authority of your specific husband or of another man who has leadership over you, and, and it, is just, it is just irking you inside, then you need to derive your motivation from passages like 1 Timothy 3, 5, that you hope in God and Ephesians 5.22, I'm doing this as to the Lord. I understand and recognize my responsibility to be a helper and I will gladly fall in line because I know that God's way is best. So, submissiveness is acting in such a way as to affirm and rely on male leadership in obedience to what God has designed. Okay, so whether you're a wife trusting in a husband or a daughter trusting in a father, a, a group of single women, you know, uh, trusting in a uh, you know group of single men or any uh, you know 
any ladies trusting in a pastor or leadership in the church, the idea that, that we want to, to, to see is that women, your responsibility is to fall on man's leadership. Okay, Just to say, listen, this is what God has set up and I'm going to happily fall behind. Now again, when we talked about the wife to the unbelieving husband, that doesn't mean you can never say anything. Okay, He's leading you into sin. So I'm just going to keep following. But that's generally not where we have a problem with the male leadership or where you ladies have a problem with the male leadership. It's generally in cases that have little or nothing to do with spiritual things. Okay? I, I don't want to submit in that way. And again, men, our responsibility is to, in those types of areas, in matters of preference, uh, we need to uh, be willing to consider them as better than, than ourselves. But recognize, ladies, that the responsibility ultimately lies on their shoulder, shoulders, the, men's, the man's shoulders. And uh, so submission is trusting that God has designed it properly. Dr. Ola uh, used to be the president of Northland Seminary, and he provided for me one of the best definitions I've heard on submission. He said, Submission is ducking so that your husband will get hit by God instead of you. <laughs> and that's the idea. You know, you, you get out of the way. There's the responsibility fall, falls on the man primarily. And, uh, and if you trust that God's design is proper there, then, then, uh, then you will be happy to, to fall behind and, and do that. So... How that plays out, again, it's going to require wisdom. It's going to require that we talk through a lot of these different things and hopefully answer a bunch of your questions. Um, do you have anything burning right now before we go? Bill? I'd like to make a comment in regard to a woman helping a man. Yeah. I heard that behind every successful man, there's a smart woman telling him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean definitely there is um there's great value in the um complementary complementary nature of the man and the woman relationship. And I think that point is is valid. Vicky. Correct. Correct. So we'll talk about uh, how that plays out. Uh, that's a good question. Again, we're talking about, we're trying to draw out principles as for women as a whole, but we're drawing them from passages that are talking about the marriage relationship specifically. So it's a little bit more difficult, but that's why we need to still flesh some more out. And we'll do that when we talk about, you know, a, a woman's responsibility in the church, a woman's responsibility in the world, like the workplace and just, you know, government, that sort of thing. A woman's responsibility in her home, obviously that's going to be a big one because the Scriptures talk about that more than they do the other ones. But we could, we can draw out principles from there. That's what we're trying to do today. But then we'll talk about how we flesh it out. Yeah, not every woman is not responsible to, subject to, every, to be subjected to every man. Someone else? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, uh, give us grace as we go through this. Help us to be... Um, gentle and kind with one another as we consider different um, ideas and, and uh, 
applications of how this ought to play out. But most importantly, we want to submit ourselves to Your Word. We, would, uh, we, we love in our society to take our understanding and force it on the Scriptures and kind of find proof texts so that we can show that this is okay. But, but ultimately, what we're trying to do here, and we want to be careful in doing this, is to draw out from the Scriptures what Your Word says and then uh, understand our applications and, and our situations accordingly. Help us, we pray in this. In Jesus' name, amen.